And welcome to G220 Radio. This is Ricky Gantz along with Mike Miller. And again, we are G220 Radio. This is episode number 573. Uh, we're going to be talking about denominations. But until we jump into that, Mike, how we doing, brother? Doing pretty good. Got to go to my niece's orchestra concert. So I was a little late trying to get things set up here. Um, but yeah, doing pretty good. Um, recovering after the disastrous podcast last week. And so we'll let's keep marching forward. Yeah, just got to keep marching. Hey, um, we've got some programs lined up for you for the next couple of weeks. Uh, um, got to get back in the series. We've kind of, like I said, Mike was uh, last week. And then uh, I think what did we do before that? Um, we were supposed you to do our divorce. Mike Waters. You yeah, we had Mike, Mike Waters. Waters. And I do need to go back just in case those are wondering. There was a lot of audio issues that we were having, some connection issues uh on on mike's end there and so i'm gonna have to go back into that try to pull that video re um edit it or edit it not re-edit it but edit it uh so that the content because there was a lot of great information in there there was a lot of great teaching in that it was very educational uh and very helpful i think to understand uh the continuity within the scriptures as opposed to then what do we see as discontinuity within the scripture and so um i think it was a very helpful show uh, unfortunately, like I said, we had some technical difficulties that uh, didn't allow it to go out clearly. And so I want to do some editing on that. Just haven't had time. It's been we've been extremely busy. Uh, I know, Mike, you've been extremely busy. It's just this is life. It's that time a season, you know, that uh, it's just been a busy, busy time uh, trying to serve in the church and do other things. And you, you know, you're still down there in, in Florida. And so there's just it's a busy time. Um, but we are trying to do what we can do. Um, and so we appreciate your prayers and your support for those who are tuned in and watching. We we always love to have you with us uh, tonight. We are going to open up the show. I'm going to throw the link out there and allow you to come in and say, hey, do you think church denominations are helpful or harmful? Give a little, you know, um, not a speech. Don't give a dissertation. Just come in, you know, let us know what you think. Uh, and then uh, <clears throat> we'll kind of go from there. But this is the conversation that came about. It's not something that I've heard like only a few times. I've heard this quite a bit, actually, about denominations are harmful. They're not helpful. Uh, I've heard other street preachers when I've been out on the streets um, say things like denominations are divisive. It causes division. It's not of God. Uh. And so... Um, I thought this would be a good conversation to have, and we wanted to try to have a roundtable, uh, but the individual that I was actually talking to that reignited, I should say, because it wasn't a uh, sparking, it was a reigniting of something that I had heard before, had thought about before, have talked to people about before, but we never really did a show on it. Um, this individual that I was speaking with, he just had a thin air just kind of blocked me, friended me, whatnot. I don't know, but um, just kind of dropped off the face of the earth, so to speak. And so uh, he was one that I was really hoping because he was strongly against denominations to have this dialogue. Um, but I mean, like I said, it's not something that I haven't heard. Mike, what about you? Is, it, is this something that's new to you? Which I probably doubt, but no, I mean, you get it on the street. You get it at the churches. I mean, we just kind of talked about it in the small group I'm attending uh, here about doctrinal unity and 
Like, why are there so many denominations? Like, why can't we be, in one sense, Catholic, small c Catholic? And, you know, and even um, Catholics will present that as, well, Protestants have so many denominations. There's Mm -hmm. one Catholic, Roman Catholic Church, even though the Roman Catholic Church is a divided church um, with different theological sects within it. And so I think this is just, you know, it's a reality we have to deal with. I think it's a conversation to be had. But in the end, there's kind of no going back at this point. Yeah. And well, I also do think they're helpful mm-hmm. um, as we'll get in. And that, you know, even even today, they can be helpful in just how we think about ministries and other things kind of related to it. Yeah. I think that's um, where I'm, I'm going to just, just throw it out there. Like I land on that denominations are helpful. Um, now I do believe that they do divide uh, because uh-huh. obviously there's a reason why we're Baptists and not Presbyterians. There's a reason why we're Baptists and not Lutherans. There's a reason why we're Baptists and not Pentecostals. There's a reason why the Pentecostals, the Baptists, the Lutherans, the Presbyterians are not non-denominational, even though we'll talk about that a bit too, because, you know, um, it's kind of a, I don't know. It's kind of like saying ah, millennial, where you say, we really do believe in a millennial, but the, the ah means no millennial, but you're saying non-denomination, but you really are a denomination. We'll talk about that. But, uh, but yeah. Um, and so it's it's an important i think way of while there is dividing that does take place i think it it allows us to make some proper distinctions and uh-huh. um to know where one is aligned um scripturally now the the main thing that i think we would agree with here is the bible says that all scripture is god breathed and it's profitable for teaching, reproof, for the correction. The man of God might be, you know, um, righteous, equipped. Yeah, you know, equipped. And so we believe the scriptures is our final authority. And so that's where we want to go when we are looking at differences that we have with brothers and sisters in Christ. But I think we have to recognize that in a fallen world, where we are sinful human beings without perfect knowledge and perfect understanding, as the Bible says, we only see dimly right now. So we don't, we don't fully see everything clear as plain as day. There is, we've talked about the simplicity of scripture on the program in the past. There is a simplicity with the gospel um, that is plain and, and, and clear. And we can all be united. Those who are in Christ on that and on the the simplicity that's there. But there are things where there's areas where there's disagreements, where there's areas where um, I was talking about um, at church, I think it was two weeks ago, um, we did, uh, we're going through hard questions or uh, tough questions. And we were dealing with the topic of 1 Corinthians 11 when it comes to head coverings. 
there are some people that believe head coverings are a plot should apply in the church today. And there's some people that don't. So what do you do with that? Does that mean that if someone believes in head coverings, that they're not a part of the body of Christ or that they are a part of the body of Christ and the other is, is not. Um, what do we do with those things? Th those are questions that arise. Um, there are going to be divisions that arise. I mentioned already we're Baptists, so we're not Presbyterians. We're not Lutherans. We're not baptizing infants. Um, there's a reason why we hold to that. There's convictions that we have just as there's convictions that a Presbyterian or a Lutheran has. And so those things are going to divide us but yet, there still can be unity. Right, Mike? You want, want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah. So I think when we think about the gospel, the clear teachings in Scripture, the lesser clear teachings in Scripture, and I think it, it kind of even goes back to the show we did about a month ago now on thinking about theology after the fall. How do we do theology after the fall? And you've mentioned it that we're sinful creatures. And so because we are sinful creature, because our logic is corrupted by the fall, we don't think clearly we come to wrong conclusions and denominations arise out of people having coming to different conclusions on which the text has. And so we can be Bible people and we can argue from scripture, what we believe the Bible is to be saying, but in the end, we're still sinful creatures. Um, I'm reminded of um, B.B. Warfield's treatise on systematic theology and that there's one theology. Now, this one theology is known by God. It is the truth that there is. And then when we look at Presbyterians and Pentecostals and Baptists and free will Baptists and particular Baptists and general Baptists and what other Baptists you want to put in there, that we're all, in one sense, a theory about how this truth lays out. And I think we have to accept it as fact that as the Lord tarries and we build on our theology, different denominations will arise. But we also stand on core principles of the gospel, of the deity of Christ, of Christ being both God and man, not confused in his natures, but separate. We believe the Holy Spirit is God, the third person, and that we have to be saved by faith through grace in Christ alone, for God's glory alone, according to the scripture alone. Like all of these fundamental teachings of the of it of the scriptures and even then doctrine divides between those who have right doctrine and those who have wrong doctrine those who are orthodox and those who are her heretical mm -hmm. and so didn't even 
if we even brought in denominations and to include heretical groups like Mormons, like Jehovah Witnesses, like Oneness Pentecostals, you can think even the apostolic movement, just thinking about that in ways that denominations and theology divide, but it also provides unity within people to do ministry. In one sense, I, if I would go plan a church, I can't go church planning with Presbyterians. We have a different view on baptism. We have a different view on church government. Right. It's just not going to work. And we need to be realized with it. Now, those are secondary issues. They're important issues, but they're secondary issues. Mm -hmm. Even though we may team up for, can think of sports fans outreach mm -hmm. as they coming up on the Derby this Saturday as they'll be out there preaching the gospel. They can come together and do a gospel ministry and preaching the gospel to the lost. And so denominations helps us to kind of filter through these ideas and to consider them. And I think ultimately in the end, we all have a better grasp of what is the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things here I'm, I'm going to pull up, um, because this came about, um, like I said, it was a reigniting of something that I've had the conversation many times before, but it's, it sparked a, um, thought of, Hey, let's do a show. And so, uh, Mike, can you see that there? Hopefully you can see that. Yeah, I, I think can it's see coming it. through. It's coming through on uh, Facebook or YouTube there. Yeah. I can see it pretty clearly. So, um, and it, and I, I posted this back on April 4th, but I, I said, our church denominations helpful uh, or harmful. And, and then I said, in light of recent uh, interactions I've been having uh, with someone who was completely opposed to denominations, I thought it would be good to put this question out there. And it was in consideration to a show that I was considering doing. So I put it out there basically to see what some of the conversation might be. Uh, and I got a few, few responses there, not a lot, but a few. And, um, one of them here, Larry's like, this is huge. <laughs> so I guess he's saying this is going to be a good one. Hopefully that's what he's, what he's looking at there. You know, it's going to be a good conversation. Uh, Tim Tant, uh, is, said it's unavoidable really. Uh, in our fallen nature, we are never going to come to perfect agreement in secondary or tertiary issues unless we just throw them all away and say they don't matter. Um, and, and I agree. I mean, it, it really is unavoidable, Mike. And that's what we've been kind mm -hmm. of saying here, right? Anything you want to say with that? Yeah. I mean, even his last statement, unless we throw away them, throw away all the secondary third, you know, there's secondary and tertiary issues, but even then people are like, well, we shouldn't be throwing them. Like, even then, like, we're just going to, we're going to fight. We're going to critique. We're going to butt heads with people. And I mean, obviously that comes from sin. That's not, we shouldn't be doing that. Um, but like, so like, even when you think of Tim and I, th I mean, idealistically, he's correct. But in sinful nature, human beings, I mean, it's that won't happen. I mm -hmm. mean, I, and I think you even see that in kind of the, the political sphere of America and our our 
not being able to think clearly on and very important issues that we need to deal with. Right. This next one here, uh, Jim says, not very helpful in my opinion, but less hurtful than the blaring issues we have. Uh, in Elyria alone, there are 50 churches. That speaks to the division in the church. Get more in the church, get more than us having denominations or not. Um, and so the idea that there's 50 churches, and I would even go to, as far to say, because I'm in this area, that there's multiple Baptist churches. Uh -huh. There's more than one Presbyterian church. There's more than one Lutheran church in the area. There's more than one Pentecostal church in the area. There are, there are probably, um, especially if you go down to, um, what do they call it? The Bible Belt. And they say the statement, there's a church on every corner. There are a lot of churches. and But again, I think that while I, I do think we need to make a distinction, and, and we're going to because I want to talk about the the thumbnail that we used for this, um, this, this program here tonight uh, for this topic. But there is a, a distinction that needs to be made is not every... Every denomination that people throw out there as a denomination is actually a Christian denomination, right? Uh -huh. So we have to make that distinction. But then we also have to, to recognize that even as Baptists, we're more particular Baptists, more Reformed in our soteriology. Uh -huh. There are free will Baptists. There are independent fundamentalist Baptists, you know, and we all can be Christians so long as they are in agreement with the essentials, that they, they believe uh, the doctrine of God, they believe the Trinity, they believe that the deity of Jesus Christ, who he is, they believe that he's God, the God-man, uh, they believe he died on the cross, the gospel, they believe he died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. If they believe essentials, then we have unity. Now, we may have some differences. We've had plenty of conversations on this program where we've talked with individuals who are not Calvinistic, not Reformed. And they can be brothers and sisters of ours, just as to them, hopefully, Calvinists can be brothers and sisters. Now, there are distinctions, again, that still need to be made, because if someone's a hyper-Calvinist, that's a problem. If someone is so anti-Calvinist that they become an open theist or start denying original sin, go into Pelagian, then that's a problem. These are why these distinctions are important but there are going to be distinctions. And hey, I don't know. Tell me what you think, Micah. Um, but if, if there's a bunch of churches in an area and they may have secondary, tertiary disagreements, but they're all preaching the gospel, praise God they're preaching the gospel. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Even Paul, who was telling who in Philippians chapter one, was praising God for people who are preaching the gospel with false motives because they were preaching the gospel. Um, we have to. And I think one thing I noticed in the comment is that he says there are like 50 churches. Now, I guess my question would be, are that as those 50 churches, different denominations, are there, or are some of them the same denominations? There's multiple Southern Baptist churches in Louisville. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're kind of in different areas of the city. And so they kind of minister in their areas. 
And so I think, so then there's also then that distinction between denominations and individual churches. Mm-hmm. And I guess I should clarify, I know Southern Baptist is not a denomination. It's a cooperation of churches. Right. Let's use the language. <clears throat> right. Let me use the language. Um, but the, um, so you have those, um, ideas but like even in in you know so you have that but i do it does show up that there's sometimes that these these distinctions are important like baptism now you you hear churches split although i've never actually met a church that split over the color of the carpet but you have those type of stories of people of church splitting because of worldly things like the color of the carpet. Mm-hmm. Now we should see those in light of being sinful. Um, that even if you don't like it, you should love your neighbor as yourself. You should outdo your neighbor and showing more love. But when we, we think about kind of these different denominations and the splits off is there's valid concerns about holiness, just even Christian ones. How we, how are we trying to be faithful to the word? And I think, and that's where, you know, obviously the harmful and the division in that because of our ideas that we have and maybe prideful thinking we're right, which in one sense we should be, because if we're wrong, we should change our views. Um, But just the, the, um, sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, we, we should always go where the scripture leads us. And and, and if, if that's where it's leading us, but we also recognize that we do have convictions. And so we as Baptists may not have everything theologically right. Um, just as Presbyterians may not have everything theologically right. We, we all have areas where we're blinded. Like I said, we don't see clearly. We see through a a, a, dale, a a veil, a dim veil, like right. So, because of that, we recognize that, but yet we hold fast to what we do know is true. We hold fast to what our convictions are, and as the scriptures lead us into more and more truth, as the Spirit of God is leading us into more and more truth, then we go where it takes us. Right? We should always be willing to do that. Um, on my thumbnail on the thumbnail that we have for this program are church denominations helpful or harmful i put these in there for denominations i put baptist i put anglican i put presbyterian i put lutheran pentecostal assemblies of god kojak uh, evangelical free and methodist because within them you're going to have people who are actually holding to the truths of the essentials holding to the truth of the gospel the belief in in who Jesus Christ is, rightly who he is and what he has accomplished, and in God by triune nature, right? The triune God. Um, And then one that I did throw on there was non-denominational, kind of in the middle, 
and I want to talk about that. Uh, but I did not put on there Roman Catholicism. I did not put on there Mormonism, and I did not put on there Jehovah Witnesses or Seventh Day Adventists. And I'm going to share this. Um, let me take this off real quick. I'm going to share. Let me find my mouse to get back over here. Uh, I'm going to share this quick little video, and then I want to come back and talk about these denominationals and why those other ones are not on there. So here's a, a video that I found on, on YouTube uh, about denominations. It's far past time that we get back to the truth of the word. People are believing so many lies that it's not even funny anymore. You know, the word of Yahuwah, God, is final. Nowhere will you read in there that Jesus Christ, Yeshua, was a Baptist or a Pentecostal or a Catholic or a Presbyterian or a Protestant or a Mormon or a Seventh-day Adventist. All that's in your head. It's man's doctrine. All right. So some of those names that were thrown out there, those denominational names, uh, Mormonism you know, um, Seventh-day Adventists. And there's a reason why I didn't put names like that in the thumbnail. Because as much as there are many liberal Methodists, as much as there are many liberal Presbyterians, as much as there are many liberal Baptists, there's conservative. And when I say conservative, not speaking on a political way, but those who hold to the truths of the Scripture, Right? And so there may be those who hold to some of these names as denominations that aren't biblical and aren't actual churches. But for the most part, these are known as denominations that would fall and you would find more uh, biblical and Christian churches within them. Um, when it comes to Mormonism, that's not a denomination. It's not a Christian denomination. That's a different religion. That's a different belief. Uh, when it comes to Jehovah Witness, same thing. That's a different belief. They have a different Jesus, a different gospel. It, it's not the same. Roman Catholicism, while we have similarities, defining the Trinity, they'd say Jesus is God. Um, they'd say that the gospel is Christ died for us, but there is justification in faith plus works. So it is an apostate Christian church. And so I did not add those into denominations. Mike, anything you want to add on there? And then let's let's talk about non-denominational. You can kind of get that rolling if you want. Yeah. So just reacting to that video, I, I think in one sense we should say, well, yeah, you're right. Jesus isn't a Baptist or a Presbyterian or whatever denomination you have. But Jesus was God. Jesus had the whole truth. He knew all things perfectly. And I think, as we mentioned before, he's neglecting that aspect. Yes, the word of God is final and it's true, but we are sinful and have issues thinking properly. The heavens declare the glory and we can't even, in our sinful state, ascend to understand how the creation glorifies God. So you, we have that. 
And so like what he's saying is true. And as much as I wish, and maybe we should pray for a more unified Christendom. That's just not the case. And even last week's show, you have heretical groups. You have the Greek church versus the Latin church. And at that time, they're Catholic. And they still have divisions. Like, that's just part of being human. We have that. And, you know, you can go the non-denominational route. But what are non-denominational except for a different form of kind of independent Baptist churches? Yes. You don't. I mean, you have some independent Presbyterian churches, but they're large and not, they're not everywhere. But I mean, not. I mean, let me ask you, let me ask you, Mike, because you say that independent Baptist churches, right? Mm-hmm. What makes a distinction between the Baptists and those that aren't, meaning Presbyterians, Anglicans, even if you it's want to free. throw Roman Catholics in there? Yeah, the free church tradition. It's that the church is the sole authority uh, there. And now you can, that's why I made that distinction with the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. Southern Convention is a de- denomination. The convention cannot tell a church what they can teach. The church is the has the sole authority over the teaching. And so essentially what non-denominationals are would be Baptist churches who've decided not to associate with other churches Mm -hmm. and they do their own thing. They want to be by themselves. I think there's downfall to that. I, unless you're a really big church, you can't send missionaries. You can't fully fund a missionary. Now as a Southern Baptist, giving to the cooperative program, given to the international mission board, we can send missionaries that don't have to raise money completely paid for to do the Lord, the work the Lord's called them to. But when you think of non-denominational, non-denominational churches, or, I mean, I think you can put it in your independent Baptist churches, your, um, yeah, independent Baptist churches, I guess would be the only other one. And, they're just kind of being part of the free church tradition. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> the reality is that, as, I mean, the comedian Tim Hawkins says, a non-denominational church is just a Baptist church with a cool website. <laughs> and they do, you know, it's a little bit different. But even today, that's not even, you know, the, the blurred distinction between a large Southern Baptist and a, and a, non-denominational church is largely one is associated with the Southern Baptist. The other one isn't, they do their own thing. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and this is not new, the non-denominational idea. You have this, even at the beginning of kind of the Southern Baptist convention in the 1800s and where they're trying to raise money, get churches together to raise money, to send missionaries and some churches are like, no, we don't we don't think we should be joining with other churches and missionaries. We'll send our own. 
we'll make sure our money goes to the mission to the missionaries. We don't know what you're going to do with this money. And it's some of the discussions back in the early Southern Baptists, the mid 1800s, late 1800s. And so, I mean, they're, they're nothing new, non-denominational. They're just, that's just what we call them now. Just a cool name to essentially remove Baptists from your name because right you might have a baptist has a negative connotation 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 yeah yeah associated with it yeah and and that's even something that i've seen recently i've seen a lot of churches that i've drove drive drove driven by driven by yeah driven not drove drove in by but driven by uh, my wife correct. drove into, yeah, drove know. into, you know, um, that uh, used to be such and such Baptist church, but they've dropped Baptist and now they call themselves such and such Bible church, you know, um, community. Yet, yeah, or community. My, my church is community church right now. I, I don't necessarily believe that everyone who does that is doing so to disassociate themselves from, you know, being Baptist, because like I said, we're a community church, but we have on our window, we're a Southern Baptist church. You know, um, it's it's known that we associate with the Southern Baptist. Um, but I think there are those who definitely do so because of negative connotations. They don't want to be, a, a, a you know, seen as this Baptist church in, in the area. Um, but one of the things that I, I think is helpful when those distinctions are there is it allows me to see if I'm going to like, we went on vacation and when you're looking for a church while you're on vacation, Mike, you're down there in Florida, you know, while mm-hmm. some things are being taken care of at your home back in, in Louisville. So when, when you're down there and you're looking for churches now, it's not that you might not go visit R.C. Sproul's church. R.C. Sproul's gone now, but the church where he was at yep. for that St. experience, St. Andrews. But you're you're probably looking at that Baptist name as here's some possibilities of where we're going to go, right? Huh. And so, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think that's you know important because that name associates with belief. Like you have an idea. I think it may be some of the people that are against denominationals. I would, it would be interesting to see how many were against labels also. Like, I feel like that would be similar in that. But yeah, there's, you know, that was one thing we did. Now we did look at churches that didn't have Baptist in their name. Um, We eventually chose one that did, but Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there was this, um, the process to help narrow down, right. Going through church searches like, okay, I'm not, okay. This one is, has this name, this, what they believe. Could we worship? Do we really want to worship? You know, and those types of ideas. And that's the thing, right? I mean, if if you're passing through an area, if you're on vacation and you're going to be there one weekend, and you're looking for a church because you want to go and be fed by the word of God. You want to fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. As a Baptist, um, I don't, I'm not going to look through and see, oh, United Methodist Church here, and I'm going to go fellowship with them. 
uh, because of what we know comes out of the United Methodists, right? Now, again, there are Methodist churches that are biblical preaching churches that preach the gospel. There are some. We just had Jeffrey Dollar on um, a couple weeks back, maybe a month or so ago, who, who's a Calvinistic Methodist preacher, um, and he's addressing some of the errors within the Methodist denomination, right? And he's not associated with the United Methodist. But so they are out there. But if I only have this one weekend, I'm looking. That's why I say they can be helpful because it narrows it down. Oh, there's this many Baptist churches in the area. I can go there. Or if you're Presbyterian, there's this many here. You know, or if you're traveling and you happen to know as a Baptist, if I was going down to Florida and I had the opportunity to go to St. Andrews or go to one of my friend's churches that maybe I'm passing through that is not a Baptist church, maybe it's a Presbyterian church, I would, I would go visit and then I would go fellowship and worship with them and enjoy the communion with them, right? But yet understand that there are differences that I wouldn't be here week, week after week because there's some of those differences. And I think it can be helpful too when you're on the street engaging with people uh, or not just on the street, in, in everyday life, you're engaging with someone who says, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, well, tell me, wh where do you go to church? And if they say, oh, it's non-denominational or, you know, I, I don't believe in denominations. Okay, well, what do you believe? You know, because if you tell me where you go, that gives me, again, you still have to ask questions because you, you don't want to take everything and, and throw it in, you know, a broad brush it because you got to talk individuals, right? But it gives me an idea of where this person's coming from. You know what I mean? If somebody tells me they're Pentecost, they go to such and such, it's a Pentecostal church. I have an idea of where they're coming from. If somebody on the street comes up to me and says, oh yeah, I had a guy one time, I was out preaching downtown Cleveland and he was out there preaching and he came up to me and I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. You know, another guy's out here preaching, I'm seeing you. And I'm like, where do you go to church? You know, in the area? He goes, oh, I go to this such and such Baptist church one week, and then I go to Bethel church the other week. I do it every other week. And when he said Bethel church, and then he goes to the school of supernatural ministry and stuff, I'm like, okay, man, that's not, like, I'm not going to do ministry with you. We could talk. You know, I'd love to talk with you about some of these things, but yeah, I'm not partnering. Because it gave me an idea of where this guy's coming from. Again, doesn't mean that they're because Bethel's heretical. That's another show, another topic. Maybe if we was to do that, um, but there's plenty of stuff out there if you wanted to look it up. But uh, um, but if somebody was Pentecostal, I could minister with someone. I just don't affirm the the that the sign gifts are still in practice today, right? But they still may believe the gospel. They still may uh, believe in the deity of Jesus Christ and affirm the Trinity. They may hold to those essentials, and we could be brothers and sisters in Christ, but yet have those distinctions. But ultimately, when we're talking about denominations, we think everybody should be Baptist because as that one guy said, it's not in the Bible. But let me just go to Matthew chapter three. And it says, in those days, John the Baptist came. <laughs> just a joke, just a joke. But uh, Mike, go ahead, take over. <laughs> Yeah, I think what makes denominations helpful, as you were mentioning, is that there is, I mean, outside of non-denominational, um, a doctrinal standard which is, or not, held. So that, in, like, if even if I'm going to an area 
new and I'll probably still go to Baptist church um, unless it just happens to be a Presbyterian church I wanted to go to. Um, but to think about or, or to even to know kind of what is teaching so you can take like if my options are like a PCUSA church well I know that they say they hold to the Westminster standards though they've burned them 50 years ago and kind of do whatever they want to versus you know a Southern Baptist church which you know they may not agree with me there's there's a like I'm, I'm already knowing where these mm -hmm. people are or you know a methodist you know a united methodist versus maybe a free methodist and to i mean this is this is helps in kind of even our our own understanding so when we were looking for a church to visit while like, we were here for our extended stay we knew we wanted a church that would not be exactly like our church back home, but taught the same as mm -hmm. our church back home. And we visited a couple churches. They weren't bad churches. I mean, they all of them, they, all the churches we visited preached the gospel. But this one was more in line to what we believed. And we found when we have found good fellowship there in, in our convictions with it. And so denominations helped us to, I think one thing to be better equipped to know what we believe. Mm -hmm. A good denomination has a standard, has something that you should believe. A Christian denomination has a standard which is built upon the ecumenical councils, the Nicene Creed, the Creed of Constantinople, the Chalcedonian definition. And to, to think about it, but I also, even like in, in Presbyterian and Anglican and Methodist, and in, in some sense the Southern Baptists, as a coalition of churches that denominations help spread the gospel farther because you can pool money together and you can build a school to train your ministers for faithfulness and then send them out. And it's cheaper to train, to bring faculty in and pay them and to bring students in and to train them in classes than it is for, a pastor to train maybe one or two people over a long time without kind of the rise of denominations and kind of doing this even you see this kind of in the catholic church i mean that's why universities were started and monasteries more universities less the monasteries but still the same this idea and i think that's where we have to realize the influence of denominations in the Christian life. Yeah. They're they they are helpful because 
we all do like Christian denominations. Those who are involved, who are Christians believe in the Bible mm -hmm. and we want to know in the study and actually having multiple denominations is having this iron sharpening irons, making us dig deeper into trying to figure out which one is more correct, more in line with the biblical teaching. Yeah. And so in one way, denominations are helpful in, uh, in that way. Denomination is helpful too, because in one sense, we should be while convicted of what we believe, have convictions, we should be humble and be willing to learn and willing to listen to the spirit. Because what if we believe is wrong? Maybe we need to reform our view on divine simplicity or even kind of the Calvinist Arminian debate or, you know, going from pre mill to all mill or post mill to pre mill, however way we go. Denominations help us to think through these issues clearly because people have disagreed and they have separated, realizing that these separations are valid, that we can't worship together, though we can worship together the one God in our ways. Mm. I like the way you said that there. Um, the link is in the description, or not in the description, I'm sorry, the, in the chats on YouTube and on the G220 Radio Facebook page. So if you're watching on the link that I shared, hopefully that's taking you to the to the G220 Radio Facebook page, uh, or like I said, on YouTube. If you want to come in, um, come on in, and you can share with us your thoughts on denominations. If you want to, uh, I know sometimes people don't want to get on camera. Uh, it can be intimidating. It can be scary. So I understand. Um, but for those who are watching, if, if you do want to come in, uh, those links are there. I'm going to go back here to some more of these comments. We'll read them and just kind of interact a little bit. I was thankful for all those who did, um, did comment. Um, let me pull this back up on the screen. We've got uh, uh, Jamie or John Coble here. Uh, he says a big part of church denominations that I don't know much about is church government. Uh, Mike, you mentioned that. And I think we can talk mm -hmm. about that here. Um, some denominations have deacons or elders. Some denominations have presbytery uh, or a part of a convention. Uh, it seems helpful that a new church can start with rules or guidelines that have been time tested by others. So again, a little bit of what, what you were talking about um, there, but when we talk about this, Church governance. Um, there is a difference between the Anglicans and Lutherans and whatnot, or, or Anglicans and 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 Roman Catholics are going to have more of an Episcopalian church governance, whereas the Presbyteries are going to have this presbyter um, that's going to sit above them, and then you have Congregationalists, and so you're going to have these different church governances that are going to play a part in how that church functions, and. To be fair, they're all trying to come to this by the scripture. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You have, I mean, those are the main three. And like, in one sense, they can't coexist together. That is, you can't have a free church inside of a Presbyterian church government. That just won't, it doesn't work. 
when a church is saying, no, our pastor is with us and not with you. You leave us alone. We'll teach what we want to teach. And so, yeah, you, you have this development, but even like, it is interesting though, that the Episcopal church government is really it's never instituted it just develops mm -hmm. and that is very much how the early church worked with bishops in cities overseeing not only a city but maybe the region around the city um, we talked about this with steve christie and the the pope the bishop of rome and trying to exhort his dominance over all the churches. And so the church kind of falls into, I would say, Episcopalian um, church-style government, though it seems, at least this is why I believe in kind of the free church model, I'm a Baptist, is that even Paul as an apostle urges Corinthian the Corinthians to give of their own. Like that, that church has its own decision on how much they will give to the Jews back in Jerusalem when he comes. Mm, right. And it seems at least in the Bible that I'm going to try and make a complete argument for the free church, that the churches are the foundation and they are together, but yet separate. Mm -hmm. um, to do what they have called and and so but even then like in these ideas of church government the Episcopalian come obviously there's issues that with Roman Catholicism and the Bishop of Rome now trying to exercise authority over the state even though like the Episcopal Church the Anglican Communion is in a kind of similar style with slight vari variations. And then you have the Presbyterian church and all of these presbyteries and synods and the hierarchy congregationalists, you know, again, are kind of more of that, that free. And it, you just can't, you know, again, as they're reading and trying to find what does it mean when, when it talks about an elder or a bishop, the different, mm -hmm words used now we would say they all mean the same that a, a press the presbyter the elder the bishop they're one office as baptist but people are reading they seem i mean when you read it almost maybe seems like there's something different there like is there a real distinction between those again that's when you have when you become convicted of that and start teaching that you're separating yourself from those who might not think there is a distinction or might not think it's not as important. Well, now you kind of started your own group and as it grows, it becomes a denomination. Right. All right. Let me go back here. We go to this next one here. Dre, Dre says they can be helpful if the local church actually adheres to the doctrine and the polity of the denomination. Ideally, if I tell you my denomination, you have a pretty good idea of what I believe on secondary matters without me having to go into detail on each one, which is what we've been talking about, you know, mm -hmm. through this program. 
They become unhelpful when teaching is no longer the focus, so it just looks like division instead of distinctives. Um, it's also unhelpful when it actually is division. Uh, yeah, when it actually is division, when people start believing that only their denomination is the true church. So let's talk about that, because there are some out there um, that would believe that if you don't belong to their quote-unquote denomination, then you're not a Christian. Uh, you're not you're not a, a, a believer. You're in, an, in a false church. And I don't know, I'm not 100% on it, I don't know if the ones that I've mentioned <clears throat> that I put in the, um, the thumbnail would be churches that would say they believe they're the only true church. There may be some within that who think their church is the only church. You know, I, I know that I know that there are some Baptist churches that think every other Baptist church in the area is not a good Baptist church. They're the only Baptist church that's, you know, especially if they're a King James only 1689 and these other churches are preaching from different Bibles. Yeah, six. They're, yes. they're not 16. They're not 16. Yeah. It's on my mind. So <laughs> oh, we're reformed here. We're, we're, we're confessional. Um, so but yeah, 1611. And, and, and so therefore they think every other Baptist church that's not adhering to that is not a is not an actual true church. Right. And anyone else who don't. So that does happen. Um, but mostly I would say that would be something like maybe the, the Church of Christ or ones that are not biblical churches that think they're the only true church. Yeah, my only experience with people saying they're only true church are usually those who reject denominations mm. and um, would probably be... I mean, they're not even non-denominational. They just reject the notions of it. Um, there was a church in Oklahoma that I used to go that called like John MacArthur a heretic because he had lots of money. Um, he pleased the world because he had money. And so like you hear those out there, but the, I mean, the problem is, is that the, in one sense, when we think about church denominations, it only affects the church visible and not the church invisible. I, we haven't, we've kind of, we haven't said that out loud. We've kind of pushed around it, um, kind of beat around the bush in that distinction. And that, so when people who say they're the only true church, in one sense, they're saying that no one before other, I mean, the, the Mormons say this actually mm -hmm. as yeah. a, not as, as a heretical group and the Jehovah witnesses that all of these people before them are wrong. And like, even if there was a gospel preaching church, which I don't know, I don't know of one who would say that. Like, if you were to reject that, what you're saying is that your theology is all based on people who aren't Christian. Like, cause you're not, eventually you may get to an understanding of the Trinity, but that's, I mean, even you can see the Jehovah Witnesses. That's would be hard to define again 
in sh- such a short time. Like you're essentially limiting yourself to just be a early Christian church in the first couple hundred years. And, and so when you have that mentality of we're the only true church, you reject you want your cake and have it too when it comes to theology. You want mm-hmm. all the development that has happened from all these people that you think aren't Christians. Right. Or you or you figure out the trail of blood in which shows you that this truth has passed on baptism in the trail of blood mm-hmm. all the way back to the early church. Yeah. I actually just picked that up at a thrift store. Um not too long ago. All right. So um, being that we only have a little bit of time left, I'm not going to read any more um, from uh, the Facebook post there. But what I did want to read is my, do you have a Bible with you? Uh, my tablet. On my Okay. Computer. Can, can you pull up first Corinthians chapter 12? And I'm going to start in verse, verse 12 down to 31. I'm going to read to about verse 18. Then if you want to read the rest, um, you know, so we kind of split that up a little bit. And then we, this is, we want to have unity, right? But within the body, there's different functions. Now, obviously we're talking about the different ways that we serve within the body of Christ, but let's think about it and try to look at application and say, well, yes, it's talking about the way that they're within the body. You're going to have different people doing different things, different ways of serving the body. But yeah, when we think about denominations, there's going to be denominations that may have some distinctions, but yet we're still unified. And that's the one thing I want people to see from this is that regardless of the distinctions that we may have or divisions that we may have on those secondary or tertiary kind of issues, we can still have unity in Christ. So I'm going to read um, verses 12 down to what I think said 18, and then you read till 31. Uh, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and are all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would make, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it were, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And now those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor. And our unpresentable parts we treat with greater modesty. 
which are more presentable parts, do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it, that there may be no division in the body, but the members have may have the same care for one another. If one member suffer, all suffer together. If one member is honor, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, an individual member of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then the gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I'll show you a still more excellent way. Amen. And so, again, as this passage is dealing with spiritual gifts and the different ways in which people are gifted and they serve within the body of Christ, by way of an application uh, and, and looking to say, while our brothers and sisters in different denominations, we may have some differences, but yet we're, we're united. When I hear of brothers and sisters overseas being persecuted for Christ, being put to death for Christ, I don't say to myself, well, were they a Baptist? No, I weep with them when I hear of that. When I hear of brothers and sisters in another country that are receiving a great blessing from the Lord in their country, maybe a revival is breaking out or, um, you know, something's, they're just, the church is growing. I don't say, are they Baptist churches? I don't do that. I rejoice with that news that God is doing a work in their nation, you know, <clears throat> Yeah, I think that's, while, I mean, in one sense, if we're all to have a, a, a forced upon unity, there is no, there is no true unity. I think, and though while in our a sinful estate, and that we do come to different conclusions, there is something miraculous about the unity the church has on the fundamental truths of the church. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is in that unity and the discussion of our disunity that God has given to us to grow. And that, like you said, we can rejoice when we see revival break out in Africa, when the true gospel rings forth and people are being saved, even out of the prosperity gospel that is very much rampant there, uh -huh. or the church in China that is persecuted, they don't have time to really discuss the finer points of theology. We have a privilege here in America right. to do doing that they're trying to survive and worship god at the same time and and, and so we, sh we should realize that that's the universal aspect of the church mm -hmm. that we are one body we were baptized by one spirit we all have received the spirit the guarantee of our souls and 
we should work towards. These distinctions are important and they should be talked about. But in the end, we also should be unified in the mission to reach the loss with the gospel and to train them in the ways of godliness. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Well, that's been G220 for radio for tonight. Next week, we will be talking about divorce and remarriage um, and continue our family series. And then the following week, we will do our raising children to finish off our, our family series. And then we're going back to Proverbs. So this month, we're going to go to Proverbs 22 and close it out this month, uh, the first half on the 23rd and second half on the 30th. So we've got this month planned out full and um, going to close up some of the series that we've been doing as well as continue the series and, and try to get that rolling along as well. Um, but if you have any suggestions, thoughts on show topics that you would love to hear us discuss here on G220 Radio, you can do so by emailing, emailing us right there at G220 Radio, as it says on the screen. Uh, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, until then, uh, God bless and good night.